0: In the great world of YouTube are assembled the 8 fakest friends in the world. Scott and Cameron. Jordan and Austin. Mike and Seth. Blake and Eric. We are the
1: Fake Friends.
0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Gaming Arena Central Podcast. Today we are on podcast number 18. If my voice sounds familiar to you, then you are damn right because I've been a guest on this podcast and now I am the newest member. So uh, could we please overlay a clap track? Hooray. All right. And if you don't already know, my name is Eric. And uh, today I have my lovely counterparts, Austin, Jordan, Seth, and the one and only Scott. How is everybody today? Hey, Pretty freaking
1: awesome. You know, Eric rhymes with Derek, and Derek starts with a D, and D is also the first letter in Dick. <laughs> which you're gonna be which you're gonna be giving to a girl.
2: So
0: Um Let's keep our personal <laughs> lives out of this, please.
2: You know what the best part about you know what the best part about eighteens are?
0: <laughs> tell tell me.
2: There's eight of them. <laughs> oh
0: oh, <my> God. oh.
2: <laughs> Yay! Yay!
0: all right all right with jokes aside uh we also want to let you guys as the viewers know that uh you are going to ask us questions please ask us questions leave a comment down below if you're watching on youtube post a comment on facebook or if either those are completely irrelevant and inconvenient for you you can email us at gaming arena central zero at gmail.com. Please check the description for wherever you are watching this and uh, ask us questions, and we may do a segment called Gaming Arena Central Mailbag or Mailbox, something like that. Uh, yes. So, to carry on, weekly games. So, let's start off with the usual weekly games. Scott, let's start off with you. What games have you been playing this week?
3: If woo. he's not. Good job, um, Scott. Good <laughs> no, job, Scott. Yeah,
2: okay. okay. Um, I am playing five games right now at the same time, which is something new for me. I usually like to sink my teeth into one game at a time. I'm playing Legend of Dragoon, which is not sinking in for me yet. I don't know why. I was talking with you, Eric, about this, and I think you were the one who told me that sometimes you get a slow start going with a game. Yeah. And I'm playing it like half an hour a day, and it's just not grabbing me yet. But the main game that has grabbed me is Warrior Legends of Troy. Uh, I love Dynasty Warriors. I do happen to enjoy the Greek mythology and all that kind of crap. So, when you merge both of those universes together, you get this wonderful game, Warrior Legends of Troy, which is a hack and slash based around the Troy invasion, which is a lot of fun. Have any of you guys heard of it? Probably not. Not at all. No, a lot. actually, no. Uh, is no
1: it's a downloadable game or is it a disc based game?
2: Well, there was a time back when things were printed on a disc and there was a manual printed and they were put in a case. <laughs> Go to a store and buy that. Remember those days? I
0: remember not really.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's a koi game. It's a koi game, kinda like Dynasty Warriors, all that crap, but it's good. I've also been playing MLB the show, which is something I'm always playing, it's always ongoing. I actually picked up NHL thirteen again to play that playoff mode, I guess, you know, just the way it's going. It's pretty damn cool. The broadcast mode makes that game incredible, by the way. And uh, thanks to Cameron for sending me Age of Empires 2 HD Edition. I've been playing the crap out of that online. And even though I beat my few friends senseless in that game, I played it online against some other people and I got the floor handed to me. Uh, what is the term I'm looking for? I got my ass handed to you. floor me, whatever. handed to you? Yeah, sh- shut the hell up, you Jew. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know with um, Legend of Dragoon <clears throat> especially, that game didn't really start picking up for me until I was fighting in the arena. After I started fighting in the arena, then that game... That game picked up.
2: How long is that? It's like, um, that's
1: that's right after that's one of the big cities. You fight in the arena, that's your first encounter with Lloyd. Yeah, um, you know,
2: what, what is it? every JRPG has an arena. It's like, you know, yeah, you know what, you're exist. right. I know. It's,
1: it's crazy because everyone loves arenas. Everyone wants yeah. to be that guy in the well. Everyone wants to be that guy surrounded by people, hey, stabbing someone through the throat and bitches slashing. Everybody loves the arena,
0: weights. dude. I mean, look at it this way: we're called Gaming Arena Central, so right. how could you not love the arena? Anyway, all right, moving you. on. <laughs> Seth, how about you? Tell us about your weekly games. What have you been getting down dirty with this week,
1: dude? I've I've been getting down and dirty with a few games in particular. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles is one that I started before. And I started playing it. I got like 10 hours in it and it just got sidetracked. So I picked it up again. I started from the beginning and I got to where I, I was before in about half the time. So that's pretty cool. And I'm having a great time with that. I mean, that game is just so good. I can see why the big fuss was about it. And I'm really happy with it. Also, I helped my girlfriend beat Catherine, which I mean, everyone complains how hard that game is, but in all honesty, I, I still have a problem with it at all. Um, so I helped her beat that, and I was playing that with her. That was pretty fun. Um, other than that, I mean, in, in all honesty, I've been just putting all my time into Xenoblade Chronicles. I haven't really been playing much else than that.
2: I'm so trying I have to a re- question. What? What's up? Is Xenoblade worth ninety to a hundred dollars, you?
1: No. <laughs> See, that's that's the thing about Xenoblade is that this game is now. Unrealistically expensive. I don't understand why it went from forty dollars to one hundred and fifty dollars for a nice copy. Now, I mean, that's absolutely insane. I, I don't get that. But thankfully, I got it when it first came out, and I actually have the art book with it. So I really oh, think you lucky. Should,
2: yeah, you should consult Eric because Eric, you know, has a thrift store apparently by his house where the you know it's not one hundred percent authentic, but he has all these rare games with like a taped label on top of the game or whatever <laughs> remember, remember the stadium events eric that was an amazing find. oh
0: dude i know right Ten well minutes,
2: yeah
0: all right if anybody hasn't seen I, I have a youtube channel and uh i did a retrospective history of uh, nintendo world championships and i went to a thrift store and i found stadium events nintendo world championships gold and gray cartridge they were so authentic they had like printed out taped label on it with scotch tape it was like <laughs> the real deal real deal stuff
1: <laughs> so <That's> wonderful <laughs>
0: speaking of uh stadium events Jordan, why don't you get into uh, your weekly games? Well,
4: I really didn't play that much this week because I've been pretty busy. But I finished up Far Cry Three: Blood Dragon. And I pretty much did everything you can in the game. I think I have like two achievements left, and that's just for like getting everything, like, every gun <laughs> part in the steel game. Uh, well, yeah, that's where most of my time has been. I've been buying a lot of movie steel books, but it's not, it's not a movie cast. Um Besides that, I really haven't touched anything else. I've been playing a game on the DS a lot lately. It's called Sprung. Uh, it came out right when the DS launched. And uh, it's like ninety-nine cents now if you go buy it. Fantastic game. It's like a simulator, like it has its storyline, but it's a simulator how to manipulate manipulate words into like how real life actions would be. like if I was talking to a girl and I said the right thing, and you're like, Oh, here, get so many numbers, but you can't beat me in a contest. And, like you talk to certain girls you get numbers from them, or you try to have the ultimate goal to get this one girl, but you can also play from the girl's perspective uh, and talk to guys. Uh, and it's really cool. It's very well done. There's a lot of good animation in it, and it's very well done with the responses and realistically how people would respond to what you say. Uh, and it's very fun, and it's very cheap, and if you find it, it's something interesting that you might want to check out.
0: So Sprung, so you're saying you could talk to a girl, and if you do the right things, you could get Sprung? Is that what is that what we're saying here? I haven't gotten that far, but maybe. Uh, ho- hopefully, there's some uh, flashlight DLC for that game. Anyway, speaking of DLC, <laughs> Austin, please carry on with your weekly games. Tell us what you've been playing this week.
3: Alrighty, um, as I've said like every week for the past couple of months, Monster Hunter Three Ultimate, as always. Um, I've been playing some Hatsune Miku Project Eva, as Beautiful. always. Um, <laughs> I bought Star Wars Battlefront 2 last weekend on the PC because it was on sale because of May the 4th. So I got it for like $3 or something. And uh, that game, obviously, Battlefront 2 is probably, in my opinion, Yay. the best Star Wars game ever made. But, you know, That's me. Um, and then I bought System Shock 2 on Steam because it, just released recently after not being on there for a long time, apparently. Um, and that's actually Irrational Games' very first game they ever made. So, um, in case you guys don't know who they are, they made the Bioshock games. But
2: What's Bioshock?
3: I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's about some, like, life thing that, like, shocks you. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sure.
2: Uh, does, it, does it go in line with System Shock?
3: <laughs> no. No. Um, the 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 games play similarly. They are both shooters and RPGs at the same time, but they're they're very different.
2: Um You mean like Call of Duty?
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Freaking yeah. leveling system
0: in Call of Duty, obviously Dude, RPG.
2: I, I absolutely love leveling myself the same time for six years the same way over and over again, yeah. you
0: know. <laughs> That's yeah. what games up for anyway. So um any more games for you, Austin, or is yeah. that a... Yeah, there's a lot more. Oh, okay. Well then keep going, um, please. Don't don't let um, me interrupt.
3: Okay, and then I, I downloaded Orcs must die too, because and this is on PC again. Um, I actually won this game from a good buddy of mine, uh, Chris, um, who is not not the old Chris that you guys are probably thinking of listening to this. Chris, um, Death of Nation.
2: Chris Gannon.
3: Yeah, Chris Gannon. Uh, he's a really nice guy. He runs his own podcast, which you guys should definitely and check out. Gaming. Def-
2: do, do, let, do do let me know how that game is because I, I was actually thinking about importing the PS 3 version of that game. It's like twenty five dollars import for physical copy. But yeah, from that. what I understand, yeah, from what I understand, it plays a little bit like kind of. It's like an RPG. It is an RPG.
3: No. No, um, really? No, it's not. What is it? Um, yeah, I'm so sure I, I'm I'm I won this game last year from them, That's but I, I finally downloaded it. But basically it plays like it's a tower defense game, but it's also a third person shooter.
2: Okay, never mind. I'm not buying it. Thanks for saving me money. Yeah.
3: It's <laughs> I'm not really in the Tower Defense games, but when I played this, it's really fast paced, it's really fun. Um and I really okay, enjoy it. What's
4: the name of it
3: again? Orcs Must Die Too. Oh, Orcs Must Die Okay, sorry. Yeah. I
1: had, I was at I was at GameStop the other day. I'm sorry to hear and, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See so, my girl. And she picked up this game. I, fr- I forget. It was some JRPG of the PS3. I can't remember exactly which game it was. But the guy came over. The fucking annoying ass GameStop employee. Sorry, Jordan. Came over. Oh, I'm leaving there soon. And he was like, hey, can I help you guys find anything? I'm like, no, we're just looking. And he's like, oh, that's a good game. He's like, that's a good game. And she's like, what's it play like? And he's like, plays just like Final Fantasy XII. And she's like, lol, nope, ha. And he's like. What's wrong with Final Fantasy Twelve? I was like, dude, back up Definitely. off me for I was like, back up off me for a second before this gets heated. And he's like, Final Fantasy Twelve is one of those games I will fight for because it was perfect and it was revolutionary and many games copied it and I was like,
0: those, All right. games, those All right. games
2: suck
1: <laughs> <laughs> We went back and forth for probably a good five minutes and I was literally about to hold this game up and flee down, pour gasoline over him and set the entire store on fire.
3: So
4: yeah. I got the GameStop employees that like try to sell you a bad game. Yeah, yes.
1: he was like, he was like, I mean, oh, it's like, just like my
4: most every friend. time someone comes up to the counter at my store with like aliens or um, Walking Dead Survival Instinct, I let them know that it's a pretty bad game, and they're like, I said, if you really want to try
0: it, the premium version and return it, if you don't like it. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't want I don't want to sidetrack here and lose track here, but. GameStop employees. I've, I had one bad experience with somebody. I'll be really quick with this one. But uh, when my friend Dakota was here, um, if you guys have watched my channel, you know he's the big ginger-looking kid. Well, he's not really ginger, but whatever. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, we went to GameStop once. And this was like about three weeks ago. As soon as we walk in the door, this fat fucking neckbeard guy literally looks like he just got off of fucking 4chan. As soon as he steps foot in the door, hey, bro, do you want to pre-order Far Cry 3? And he keeps fucking asking him to pre-order shit and get this power-up card. It's so annoying. I've never seen anybody solicit anybody so much.
4: Pre-order Far Cry 3 three weeks ago?
0: Yeah like whatever the the blood dragon yeah. on the blood dragon, it's about some would fucking you order something that's a only
4: just a, or a code that's what you're doing is pre yeah exactly well the see, thing is stuff.
0: is that um blood dragon is about a dragon that has its period so blood dragon <laughs> but whatever um <laughs> whatever so anyway back to weekly games yeah i've been playing i've been playing <laughs> one game i'm sorry austin yeah. right, you know what you got more games go ahead i know Sorry, I, I'm like the the people. Nobody's got time podcast. to play thirty games this week, Oz. Okay, Come on. I've got two left. <laughs> just, just be patient. Okay. <laughs> Yesterday I picked up
3: Fallout Three and Vanquish. Continue. Go ahead. Go here. Done. Jesus. See,
0: I mean, I. It's like going to the drive-through and you're like, Hey, can I get this and that? And then you're not. You're not even halfway finished your order. And they're like, Are you done yet? Is that all? Is that it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I just drive through you. <laughs> but anyway, I've only I've only been playing one game this week, and that's Metroid Fusion. I know I, I uh, mentioned that a little bit last week, but I've only really had time for one game since I started working again. And if any of you guys uh, out there want to know what I do for work, I uh, make custom-fitted dildos for Jordan's mom. Um, hey, 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 hey. That, They're actually mo- very high
4: quality, and they work very well.
0: Exactly, they're handmade.
4: Gonna, yeah, Jordan's yeah, don't
0: Hey, we don't wait, forget. Wait, no, no no, a few. No,
2: no, Jordan, no, no, it's Eric's mom was revving it up on the farm last week, remember? <laughs> <laughs>
0: With the fucking head crank. Oh, Eric, thanks
4: Thanks for sending me some extra cow milk. I appreciate that. Yeah, you got yeah. it, man.
2: I uh, speaking of which,
4: let's. Okay. You, you I have said, a crush on my mom?
1: I would like to point out that Jordan has kind of a hot mom. <clears throat> just saying.
4: Well, Jordan himself is also
1: pretty attractive.
4: Thank you, because I was going to say you are a very handsome individual.
0: And if you weren't in a relationship, I would be all over that, like white on rice. So, wait, you're saying that uh, Jordan's mom is hot. So, that explains why he had third degree burns when he was born. (laughs) That's why (laughs) I look so ugly. Zing.
2: Anyway. No, no, no. that happens because the doctor was trying to push him back in. (laughs) (laughs) I came out.
4: I came out. The doctor held me. He's like, nope. And just pushed me back in.
0: Anyway, so I mentioned Metroid Fusion. And now um, to segue into the other, then to our first topic, which is cover arts. I bought Metroid Fusion. I could have bought it, you know, cartridge only, but I chose to buy it complete in box, you know, with all the manuals, all the inserts, because I'm a collector. Um, do do cut? Is cover art still relevant? Does it does it matter to you guys anymore? I mean, do you buy games based on cover art? I mean, I know I did, for example, you, with, with Metroid. You know what
1: so. I do? I do because um, I think that. For if you if you've missed a game like for instance like some of these rare PS3 games that you don't see very often and you don't know anything about them and obviously it's a fucking ton of work to open up your phone and type in the name and Google it no one wants to do that so I you know in all honesty I'll pick up a game and I'll still look at the cover art look at the back of it and I'm like is this the game I kind of want and I think that a lot of games nowadays are kind of skipping out on the cover art. I mean, because I remember back in the day when I saw Final Fantasy VII, I was like... Oh, dude,
0: that's why I bought the game. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's exactly why I bought the game. I was like, blonde-haired dude, giant butcher sword in the back, ready to fuck somebody up. He's got this giant robot-looking thing, which I always thought was a robot until I actually played the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do it. you swag, motherfucker.
0: Yeah, I mean, the cover art is probably one of the biggest selling points for me, and I kind of feel like modern games today are out of touch with the cover Mm -hmm. art because when you look at, I mean, when all of us were growing up, basically the 16 and 32-bit era, all those games had cover art that would sell you the games. For like for example, as Seth just pointed out, you I mean, we have Final Fantasy Seven. I didn't know a goddamn thing about that game, but when I bought it, when I picked it up off the shelf, I was just like, This is cool. So I bought it and you know, it turns out to be one of the biggest games of all time. So what what do you guys think about cover art? I mean I mean wow. look at Spyro the Dragon. Like I when I was a kid, I mean that's one of my favorite games of all time of the series, the original
4: three. But when I was a kid and I'm looking at this case, I'm like, that's a fucking purple dragon. <laughs> Barney at It's fucking Barney's baby right there. And I was like, shit, I'm going to go beat people up as a dragon. And that game was amazing.
2: Well, Let me inject here on another side of things. An 8-bit NES game, Eric, because this is your realm. Yes. The original Ninja Gaiden, you look at the cover... There's a ninja exploding, jumping from a city. There's fire all around him and everything. And then you you play the game. That's nothing to do with it. I mean, the cover literally looks like a Michael Bay film. Dude, that's the thing. I mean, if you look at it this way, back in
0: the NES days um, with the video video game crash, everybody was trying to figure out a way to sell their games. So if you kind of had like a video game cover with these fucking over-exaggerated covers, for example, Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden, however the fuck you say it, you know, if it looks like a Michael Bay film, you'd pick it up off the shelf, be like, God damn, this looks pretty cool. And then you take it home; and it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, but but then again, there's the famous Mega Man cover. Yeah, he's literally a fat forty year old virgin. <laughs> there's but... <Well>, little <laughs> the the shooters with... fucking out of his arm.
2: I mean, here's the thing: how I look at it with video game covers. Okay, if video game covers really didn't sell, and you can pretty much tie this in with gaming manuals and all that crap, but either way. How come a company like Atlas releases alternate covers and both of them will sell? I mean, for instance, Catherine right. had two covers, and I know people who bought both versions of the game just to have the different covers.
1: Right. And you know what? The one version of Catherine is now actually twice as expensive as the original one. Which I'm is not accessible. surprised. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I you have you have a lot of collectors that buy games, you know, specifically for the art. I mean, one. I mean, I'll I'll let you talk here, Austin, but this is my podcast this week, so fuck you. Okay. Um, the Eric Arena podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, a couple of years ago, Shadow of the Colossus and ICO or Eco yeah. HD collections came out, and that was really cool. I remember buying that and opening it up, and there was reversible cover art too, which is pretty cool. I, I like I like reversible cover art. If you don't like the other one, then switch it around. So, Austin, please continue.
3: Okay. So I don't. For me, I don't know, a lot of people probably do the same thing, but I, I usually just buy games that I have heard of. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of weird like that. But I, I don't buy games thinking, hey, I have never heard of this game, let's buy it and see how it is. Um, but I, I, I think Hover Art does decide what I buy sometimes. Like yesterday, I went in the GameStop. Um, I had to bring in my gun just in case I wanted to commit suicide. But... Um,
2: what the fuck <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> you know, there's help for that.
3: Um, no, but I, I I had a buy two get one free coupon, so I bought Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas, and I, I was looking for a final game to buy. So I, I was just looking around and I saw Vanquish. And the the cover art of Vanquish, in case you guys don't know, is really awesome. It's got the, I mean, I, I haven't really played too much of it yet, but it's got the guy in the robot suit or mech suit yeah, whatever you call slide. it yeah doing, doing the, the power, power slide, slide firing some bullets and stuff and it, it looks really amazing and i mean i've heard great things about the game but i don't really know anything about it so i grabbed it pretty much because i saw it and you know
2: you know, you know my favorite cover art like one of my favorite cover arts this generation is and you never really see it and so i think it's just kind of where it went downhill but the cover art for resistance fall of man to yeah. me, was really cool when you see the uh what were they called again? The Chimerons or whatever. Chimera. Yeah. Uh, Chimera. Chimera, dude. When you saw that skull on the front cover, it was an alien skull. It just it really set the mood for the whole game. It was awesome, and I fell in love with Resistance like that day when I saw the cover.
3: The Metal Gear Solid Four cover art was pretty cool. It's just Snake on there, but it's, it's it's different. It stands out. I don't know. I like it. It's pretty cool. And you What was
1: what? that cover art that IGN bashed?
3: Batman: um, Arkham City, Game of the Year edition.
1: Nope, nope, that, I mean, that was pretty bad. But <laughs> oh, no, there oh was one. god, that was <laughs> an advertisement <laughs> for everything. No, there was there was one that IGN bash specifically, and it was like these mercenaries on top of his black SUV. That didn't make any sense. Oh, it was that like,
4: um, Mercenaries two? No, it was like Black
1: Black Hawk. No, it was I forget okay. what the name of the game was. What generation? But it, this
4: it generation? was this generation.
1: Yeah, it was this generation. It was like a year ago. And the game didn't sell whatsoever. It was a horrible game. What was um, it But mercenaries, I forget. Whoa! I think. whoa, whoa. <laughs>
4: <laughs> really? You don't say? I'm just,
1: I'm just, yeah. You am know, pointing out. I think that.
0: So it was mercenaries you know, on a you know. black SUV.
1: Yeah, it was. Oh god, what was it?
0: I see that every day. <laughs>
1: and the, and on then the there's, farm. Um, yeah, there's so. inversion. Do you guys remember Inversion, the game that was sideways? Yeah. And you had to turn. It
2: you mean the game that was 20 bucks a day after it came out?
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I the game inclusion. I still want to play.
2: No, I'm not oh, kidding. We no, video it was,
1: about it a year and a half ago. Yeah. Wow. It was black. It, it the game was Blackwater, and there's just like oh god.
4: Yeah. Oh, my hey, God, the connect the, the, the game you can use with connect with the guy with the he's, glasses on the front. Yeah. Dude, like, I don't know what that game is about at all. Every time I see that, comes like, when did this come out? It's just a guy wearing sunglasses holding like a shotgun or something or an assault <laughs> rifle. Next, and he's like, like he's, a truck behind him. And it's just standing yeah. there. Just
3: he's standing. Like, the
1: re- he's got the most retarded beard in the entire world. He's
4: like,
3: yeah, sometimes but, I okay. shoot people. We're sometimes about,
4: I raise my cows.
3: Oh, we're talking about art? How about that, um... Uh, Video game box art uh, misspellings, like Resident oh. Evil Revelitans.
4: Oh, what about oh, yeah, Nar yeah. The Power of Something? Like, there's yeah. the new 3DS game that already has. <laughs> Why is it 3DS? Like, who types 3DS covers like this? It's like some guy, who, like,
0: smashes his yeah, face. Yeah, really. It's people. like, who does the quality control for these games? Like, <laughs> that lets all these labels get misprinted. Like, who stands there in the factory and is like, all right, yeah, that's good. That's spelled correct. And then it gets to sale and it's like, who the fuck did this? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah the entire first run of resident evil revelations was you had great. one job
1: actually um that version is actually getting pretty hard to find now that misspelled really? version i should pick one up yeah i have i have, an I have
4: one at my store yeah I, I have i own one but there's one at my store
1: see all the game stops in my area with resident evil revelations they're starting to put the sticker right on the revelations so that people <laughs> can't check it out yeah they're,
4: if it's a they're... pre-owned game they'll do that that sucks motherfuckers
1: they're they're being assholes because we're trying to figure it out so what i did was i actually in the store opened up the case took the cover art out and took the sticker off the cover art i was like you lose swag motherfucker but
4: they put the sticker on the cover art they don't put it on the spine like they don't put it on the outside
1: no what they did is they took the cover art out put the sticker on the cover art spine
3: um you're not really supposed to do that according to policy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've I had a, my stores done that sometimes. Wow, that's idiots. Up. That's
0: I mean that's yeah. that's one big thing. I mean, I know this isn't really on topic, but it like if you buy a pre-owned game at GameStop because I mean, where else are you going to go to get pre-owned games pretty much? I mean, if other than retro stores or whatever stores. Mm-hmm. And Fuck you up. get the and you get these fucking stickers stickered up games that are just defiled with like and fucking yeah. Ruined, and it it uh, it rustles my
3: fucking jeans. My Vanquish that I got at GameStop was used, and it literally the stickers. There were so many stickers on there that when I pulled it off, like the stickers were like stiff, like you you couldn't bend them. Oh yeah, it that was like that happens because people don't crazy. fucking
4: take them off when they're supposed. You're supposed to only have no more than two on there, and once you have or, two on, you're supposed to take those off and put a new one on. Dude. Here, here's or, uh...
1: the thing, you know, I think to cut costs they use crappy stickers on purpose because when I worked at Elite Games, which is this, this retro store in Central Pennsylvania, um, they used a sticker that would come right off. It didn't stick no matter how long it was left on the game. GameStop, You're right,
0: dude. You know what? This retro store that I go to all the time in my area, in Syracuse area, uh, it's called Microgame. The stickers that they put on there are so easy to take off. It's like a fucking dream come true. I mean, if you... <laughs> it's like... Oh, it's lovely. It makes me Now,
4: now I, I, I keep thinking about this all the time. The way, like, if I was in, somehow in charge of GameStop's operations or anything I would do, first of all, it'd be a smaller store with pictures of games that are in stock on the wall, not actual games they open and gut and put on the wall. It'll just be right. pictures and say, hey, this game is in stock. If it's not, you take it off the wall. So, Because most people come to GameStop, go to the counter anyway and ask for it. That's what, what Toys R Us do, does. Well, it's they, good. They, they should it. do that. I mean, what I, I would agree. do is they come up to the thing, I give them a brand new sealed game one open one copy. Here's all your sealed games. Pre-owned games, when I do a trade-in, if someone wants to trade-in a game to me, I'll, I wouldn't accept it unless it has a case and the manual. Manual could be debatable, but I'm saying the, at least the case. I hate getting games without cases. It, let it be right. DS because that's the most. Let it be um, Xbox games. It's it's ignorant and it's stupid because then you get generic case cover, isn't it stupid? You know what? I would take the case and you sell it. And when you return, let's say I give you thirty bucks for Bioshock Infinite like right after it came out, right? I would sell it for
3: forty. Not for fifty four because right, they're gonna buy yeah. it
4: anyway because it's pre owned. You're gonna make ten dollars on that. Well, and the thing I, I, don't, I don't like about
3: the thing I don't like about GameStop 2, and I know with first party Sony games it doesn't really matter, but the whole um, online pass thing like they'll they'll have a sixty dollar game and then turn around and sell it for fifty five even if it oh, the man. online pass is well, used.
1: actually, actually it's interesting because in California they just ban that. They can't do that anymore. They have to either sell the game for um, fifty bucks or below. Or they have to put a notice on the game that says um, you're going to have to pay more than the new game or whatever with this. Um, so, yeah.
2: so, yeah. Speaking of sticker hell, Craigslist, okay? Check this out. Last week on Craigslist, I saw a Great Condition mint copy of, I can't remember, it was like Elder Scrolls Oblivion, like the original one on Xbox 360 that came out years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. On it, now get this, it was mint, Great Condition, okay? It had a GameStop sticker, an EB game sticker, a Game Crazy (laughs) sticker, a Best Buy sticker, and a price sticker from, like, Target back when it was new. It had, like, five different price stickers on the case. Jesus, dude. And somehow it's supposed to survive, like, four times in circulation and still be mint. Give me a break. Yeah, right. Yeah. see it.
0: And you know what? Since Jordan touched on it, let me just quickly say, who the fuck leaves the manuals at home when they trade in these games? Yeah. Like, It's the fucking most annoying thing. I I
1: actually know someone that traded in all four of his Dot Hacks, dude. And he took out the um, anime CD out of the Dot Hacks. No, he took out the manuals and he put them in generic cases. And he was like, "The anime CDs are so hard to get. No one else is going to get them now." And I was like,
0: "All right, you know what?" That's one thing I like about the Dot Hack games since we're on the topic of cover art. Because if you have all f- four of the Dot Hack games and you display them on a shelf, it makes one continuous picture on the binding, which is really great.
4: Beautiful. So does l- ease for the uh, PSP. It's the but you know what?
0: I wouldn't buy fucking Dot Hack if it doesn't have the fucking CD, the or the anime DVD and the manual. It's like, okay, I can understand maybe if you lose the manual But what do you do with the manuals after you trade in the game? Do you have it on the fucking... I don't know how you
2: take them out. How do you You lose the manual, You you don't look at them. You put them in the game, take them out. Apparently, you guys don't have friends like I did in high school. I would go over my friends' houses in high school, and they would have shit laying all over their fucking room. They'd have their CDs laying face up on, like, wood cabinets and all that shit. (laughs) And their manuals would be, like, upside down on their bed you know like people this, like that. this
1: is what i want to know because i've worked in the video game industry for a few years now what is that brown shit that gets on people's cases that you can tell it's, it's, it's old
4: game it's
1: oh like god what is that
4: or it's poop uh, or could be
2: could be nicotine stain it's like it's oh, like a yeah. dirt
1: like grime shit that gets on these cases and it's fucking disgusting it's
2: disgusting well, it's... Dude, I, I think I had to one time possibly clean jizz off of a used game at my old oh. video game store, and yeah, that's just, no, I don't want to go there. I love I how we went from it. talking
0: to cover art about this, <laughs> the jizz on cover art. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming
1: Green Essential Podcast, people. This is what we talk about well, music. I
0: mean, you got, look, you got some creepy neckbeards out there who would fucking blow a load <laughs> all over their anime waifus, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you're getting Hatsune Miku for the PS Triple, I mean, expect to trade in with some, you know, dried baby gravy on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Austin, we're looking at you.
0: <laughs> no what, comments. What about like Tomb Raider and Catherine and yeah.
1: Catherine's okay. a big one? She can take off mm-hmm. that shirt super slow.
0: <laughs> anyway, speaking of big ones, um how about the Xbox conference? Um that is coming up May twenty first with some uh stuff to be followed up at E three. What do you guys predict for the Xbox? What do you guys want to see? I mean, I know this has been, you know, covered a million times, but we will have our take on it here for you as a listener now. So, uh, whoever wants to go, go.
2: Lol. Lol. Hello, Austin, fucking Austin, Austin, Austin's the biggest fanboy for Xbox. Here yeah, as far. I go freaking ahead.
3: love Xbox, so let me go. I think it's going to be terrible. Continue.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, wait. I'll, no, I'll actually okay. go here. Yeah.
1: Okay, here, Here. I'll, I'll actually go. Shut the fuck up, Austin, before I <laughs> Um. I think that what they're going to do is they're actually going to make an Xbox with online-only requirements, not only is that Xbox going to tank, but Microsoft itself is going to reconstruct the Xbox, re-release it a year later, and make it not have online requirements. Also, I think that they're going to go completely Kinect-based and casual-based, and everyone's going to laugh at them. And you know what? I think Xbox has already lost this console war, because Sony has the mind share. Xbox has waited way too long, and I was listening to Podcast Beyond, and they, they said it too, PlayStation came out, they used this the, the mind fake, they said, oh, we're not going to release any info until Xbox does. Had this press conference, blew everyone's mind, right? Sony has this 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 mind share right now where you see um, <clears throat> commercials and they have the PlayStation 4 logo on them. PlayStation 4 is all anyone's thinking about right, right now. I mean, yeah, there's people that are like, oh, the new Xbox is being shot off May 21st. But I think majority of people are like, oh, the PS4 has been announced. YOLO swag, motherfucker. And I I think that Xbox has waited way too long in order to try and bring something out of the blue.
4: You're right. I I completely agree with that. I just posted up a video, finally, after all day of rendering, about um, which console I'm leaning more towards this generation. And it by a landslide is the PlayStation 4 for so many reasons. I mean, right now this is all speculation of, oh, yeah, the Xbox is this and that. We haven't heard anything official besides rumors and talk. But the rumors and talk are getting—they're sounding more true as the days get closer to when they're actually going to talk about it. And Xbox is like trying to cover up some things. Like I feel like they really were going to have an all-online console and put that out there and see what people's reactions would be. And everyone was like, "No." So like, oh, we're we're not going to do that. And it's it's by a landslide. I mean, I play my Xbox 360 a little more than my PS3 for the reasons I prefer prefer the online, I prefer the controller stuff like that. But I wait, love wait, my just, PlayStation 3. Wait.
2: Wait a second. Where was this article that said they weren't going to do it? Because I just read yesterday that they were.
4: Um, oh, well, now they're going back and forth. I don't know. I, I, I okay. heard it.
3: I was listening to
2: another here's podcast. The, the... Yeah, go
3: ahead. You can go ahead, Scott, because you're... I,
2: I was going to say, you know, the online-only thing is the most greedy thing ever, because if Xbox Live is going to cost 15 damn dollars a 15. month... 15 yeah. fucking that's dollars. Gonna, okay. That's crazy. Dude, so, that's gonna be what is it, 180 dollars a year that everybody who yeah. owns an Xbox is forced to pay, not in addition to paying for the system.
4: And it's ridiculous because they want to have like the two base, the, the base model, which is no Xbox Live contract for like 599 dollars as a set console price without Xbox Live. But if you want a contract for two years, you're pretty much paying a year and then some because you're gonna have to pay 799, which it, it, it's it's ridiculous. That is ridiculous, and I don't see anyone like if they do charge fifteen. There is no way in hell I'm investing that type of money
2: into a system. So before we pass it off to Austin, how much did you say that console was again, Jordan?
4: Well, there was a five ninety nine and a seven ninety nine.
2: Okay, so let's do our little bit of Jewish philandering here. So if you okay, so if Xbox Live for you is let's let's say your average Xbox lasts. Five years. Let's just say you're an average Xbox user who plays it for five years. Next generation, right? Mm-hmm. At $180 a year, that's 900 bucks. Okay. And then the cost of the system, $1,500 to use an Xbox for five years. Would you rather own a gaming PC that you could do more things with? You, can not, you know what?
1: Though? That's not even including the. You know they're gonna require Connect for a lot of games because they're obviously pushing Connect like a motherfucker right now, and that's not including the fucking games that you're gonna have to play on it. We're probably looking at over two grand for an Xbox I, for five years.
4: I can honestly see that just when the new console comes out, when they release the Connect 2.0, they're gonna be like, "Yo, let's charge it for two hundred dollars." And that's going to be a whole separate add-on that you're going to be required for exactly. games like Halo 5, the <sighs> next Gears, and games to come out. And the only reason I would ever buy an Xbox or consider it, if there's games I actually interest me. Like, there's a game that I play it and I like, but it's not a huge game, and it comes out on the Xbox only. Okay, I won't get it. But if, like, Halo 5 comes out in a year or two, maybe I'll think about getting it, because I am a, I like Halo, Or a new Gears comes out. I like Gears. I'll go for it. But not Forza, which they now release every year. But there used to be a time gap, but now it's every year. And it's ridiculous that Forza 5 is an announced title for the Xbox. That's not going to make me buy it.
3: That's not going to make me buy it.
1: I think that Xbox needs to take a look at Sony because... After the previous console generation, Sony was running you know, the, the high-life. They had just come off the most successful video game system of all time, the PlayStation 2, and I think they were a little cocky. And it seems like Xbox is going the same route, where they just think that... Because in all honesty, the Xbox 360 is simply crazy. I mean, it has beaten the PS3 in terms of sales, and um, they've made a whole crap load of money on the 360. I think that they just think that you know, no matter what they make or what out, people are gonna buy, it. and it's not true. Sony lost a ton of money in the beginning of the console generation on the PS3. There's now starting to pull ahead. So I think that by doing this that Microsoft is really screwing themselves. Let me
0: How give come? you let me give you guys my two cents on this. All right. Xbox seven twenty, infinity, whatever they're gonna call it. Xbox or Micro Microsuck really kind of um, gave themselves <laughs> uh you know i guess a handicap here they waited uh, too long to announce anything so you know sony automatically has the upper hand in the next department we have all these rumors now i'll just i'll give microsoft the benefit of the doubt nothing has been officially confirmed at their conference yet pricing wise spec wise game wise whatever wise and um I think Microsoft would really, really fuck themselves if they had a base model at 599 you know, with all, you know, Scott's math. If everything totaled out to about over two grand, no, no way in hell am I going to buy that game. Yeah, last gen Xbox and Microsoft was probably, I guess, the best, the better console, the better selling console out of all the three. Well, no, I won't say that, but it seemed to be the more popular. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Towards the end. And Sony really did resolve things toward the end and they're doing a lot better. And I think I I, I saw a highlight or some article that they're they're finally starting to turn profits now after about six or seven years with the PS3 being out in the market. So, as far as I'm concerned, am I going to buy the Xbox? Probably not. Am I going to buy the PS4? Probably not. With all these astronomical prices, you really, really, really got to look at the consumer. You got to look at the economy. You got to look at all all those general factors. And that leads me to um, just want to stay with my Super Nintendo.
2: Yeah. Well, so, let, let me give my last input on this really yeah. quick. Um, here's, here's one thing I wonder why it kind of slips through people's minds. I know the Xbox 360 outsold the PS4. I take excellent care of my system stuff, okay? I have owned twice as many Xboxes as PS3s right. because they break, you know, more often. Right. But how come nobody is worried about the durability of the next Xbox at $600? Like you get a system yeah. that's going to break in a year or two? I mean, come on. It's just nobody talks about it. It's like it's like the dog that poops in a corner, everybody ignores it because they're too afraid to pick it up, you know? I mean, it's just That's, <laughs> well, that's a good
1: analogy though. Here here's the thing. 3 years ago, Microsoft stopped supporting the Red Ring of Death because they released their new console, the Slim, which was supposed to fix that error. Which we all know Slim had their own problems and had their own error codes. It wasn't as bad as Red Ring, Mm -hmm. but if you bought a console from Microsoft that had the Red Ring of Death, no matter what, because that console had that major problem, they should be repairing it for you. Here's the thing, dude.
0: Here's the thing Microsoft needs to have way better quality control on their products. If you're buying something that is going to fail publicly and like astronomically, you know, hardware-wise, you know, such as great example, the red ring of death. And if you as a company are not going to, you know, cover your own product to be refurbished or fixed or whatever, then you're really fucking the consumer. But then again, that's another good thing for the company because they're going to have more money in their pocket because more exactly. people more people who have red ring of death is going to be more inclined to buy the new Xbox Slim. And you know, nine times out of ten, sure, it'll work okay, but there's still that one percent that's gonna fuck up again and again and again and again. So the
2: consumer probably sometimes has has the lower hand here
1: right you know, exactly. by the time
2: you're done looking at it five years later you're done after paying three hundred dollars for three Xboxes, whatever, it's like a thousand dollars, in Xbox systems.
3: I don't know, I, I don't know if I' missed it or if Scott already mentioned it, but have you guys ever thought that the reason why Xbox sells so much is
0: because people buy the console like five times?
1: probably i mean probably like,
0: yeah it's i you like, know i've never seen in my lifetime as a gamer this last generation the 7th generation i've never seen so many people buy doubles and triples with the same console because of hardware right. failure all this this and that shit i i don't know i don't know if it's like like to mention quality control again i don't know if, i don't know if, it's, if there's a good quality control on their products or if there's something else going on here yeah
1: mm-hmm. i mean I here here's the thing Everyone has probably heard the story that when PS3 was just about to launch, they caught fire. Yeah. They were doing quality, they were doing quality control, and the PS3s literally were catching on fire. So they took them back, they delayed it, and then you know they fixed that problem. Yeah. Now everyone knows the PS3 has the yellow light of death. But I will say that the yellow light of death is far
3: far, far
1: less common, and then the red ring of death. I think and it's I, like five
3: percent is the. It a number, and then, then <laughs> right. the red and death is like 30, 35, or and, something like that.
1: And the PS3 usually gets the ability to death from a jackass consumer who like locks it in a, in a conclude space and lets it overheat itself. Yeah, or okay. or I mean, they let
2: their sock hang off the back fan, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my, my first, well, my first PS3, the laser stopped reading Blu-rays. Hmm. Right, well, that, that's a it's,
1: common problem well. Yeah, it,
2: it's Yeah, it's an easy fix. I mean, it cost me $55 to fix that and a YouTube video. And ten minutes yeah. of my time, but right. Sony, you call them up; they want one hundred sixty-five dollars to fix it. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I will. I will say that Sony's repair prices are absolutely ridiculous.
3: <laughs> yes, Nintendo's Nintendo's are pretty bad too.
2: Especially when you look at it fundamentally, nobody's going to be buying their software if they don't have a damn system. That's
3: right. Um, a couple of years ago, when the DSI came out, I, I got one, and about a year after I had it, the R button stopped working on it. So. I contacted Nintendo to see if they could replace the button, and they said it was going to cost me a hundred and fifteen dollars.
0: That's wow. ridiculous. You know, yeah. you can you could take it apart and fix it yourself. Yeah, you just need, you just need a little screwdriver. But my, my dad did. And I don't it know. Like I don't know if I'm the only one, but I've never, <laughs> I've never ever ever had a problem with a console. And the only one console I did have a problem with is I bought. Um, You use 360 from a pawn shop, and that lasted me about two years until, you know, it started red-ringing, and, you know, everybody's favorite method, the towel method, you know, has something (laughs) to do with the heat sink resetting itself, and it it did work, but, I mean, I had to go out and buy a new console. I've never really had a problem with consoles. I guess I just got lucky.
2: That's the same thing that happened with me, man. I bought one 360 from a pawn shop, red-ringed, like, a month later. Couldn't send it in, but... um. You know, it, it it sucks. It it stops you from wanting to buy a used console, certainly, doesn't it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, here's stuff. here's
1: the thing, is that I've had the same 360 for whenever, since it launched. I don't even remember how many years ago that was, seven, something like that. Yeah. And it's red-ringed once. It red-ringed one week before my warranty ran out. One week. I was God. that close. Yeah, so I, I got that fixed, thankfully, but... Mm. That, that was almost a bad situation. The
4: only problem I've ever had was um, with my Nintendo Wii. Um, it was I was I've been playing games for a while on it, and I was playing this game especially a lot on it. But one day I wouldn't read Super Smash Bros. Brawl. And I was like, is it the disc? And so I tried to test it like all my games, and it was not reading at all. And uh, I called up Nintendo. I didn't at this point my war- my year warranty was like. Phew way out the door. It was like, okay, it's way past it. I was like, shouldn't I have to pay some money here? And what happens? I talked to Nintendo, and Austin, you said they have some pretty high prices.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, I sent in my Wii after talking to them. I didn't get charged anything, and they said it'll be back in like two months. I got it like a week later fixed. Wow. Um, wow. And they didn't charge me anything, and it still works to this day completely fine and better than ever. It's the same exact one. They, like, they didn't replace it. All they did was uh, fix the CD drive. And that's about it. And it works great. Um, the other problem I had was with my original Xbox 360, and it was in 2010 uh, when Bioshock 2 came out. Uh, and right when I got home, I turned it on and it red ring. Oof! <laughs> and, wow. So I was so angry. I was like, "Fuck!" So I just sm- Hulk smashed the top of it, and it fixed itself
0: and never had a problem since. You know, oh, since my- we are in the digital age. <laughs> With all these new consoles coming out. Of course there's going to be games and games and games. Now that leads us as the segue to our next topic. DLC for Metro Last Light. Apparently um, you have to pay $5 to get hard mode. It's already on the disc. It's It's already on the disc. But you're basically buying the key to unlock the lock. That will allow you to play hard mode. So please. What the fuck? Please on yeah. in, um, that. This is ridiculous yeah. because um, I think
3: because me and Cameron talked about it earlier. You guys know who he is that are listening. Um, the official label of it is uh, it's, it's something different. But it's not hard mode. It's it's like insane mode. It's, ran- it's, it's called ranger mode. Yeah, it's ranger mode. And it's more of like a survival type thing. It's like the hardest difficulty possible. If It's but, the best immersion experience yeah.
4: po- possible. But the thing yeah. is,
3: this mode was featured in all the past Metro games for, for free. Well, it's on freaking there's disc. Only,
4: well, actually, the first Metro game, there's only two. The Metro 2033 yeah. did have Ranger mode, but I, th- I believe they did the same thing um, where it was $5 for that mode for the longest time, and then they gave it for free. Um, but for this decision, since THQ went under and Deep Silver now owns the rights to Metro, I believe that this is Deep Silver's, um, thing and not, uh, specifically the team who worked on, uh, Metro last night. dude, Deep you know what Silver I think? is, they're the people who made...
2: Dead Island. The Dead yeah.
4: Island. Okay, I so that explains did, it then. then. <laughs> they did the cartel, I believe. They worked with Techland and did the, um... The, the cartel, the uh, the really bad Call of Juarez game. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't have, I can't play any games either by Deep Silver or Techland now because I was brought to my knees and crying from Dead Island because of how disappointed I was because I was so anticip, like the game was huge for me. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great, and it was, I didn't like it. And then they made the second one, which is the same game, um, and then with the Call of Juarez game, which was shit, now this, I've, I'm scared that like they've, I know even though TK, THQ worked on it, I still feel like Deep Silver had enough impact on it to make this game not as good as I thought it was going to be, because I'm a huge fan of Metro 2033. It is an incredible game, and this game looks
0: awesome, but I'm scared that Deep Silver put too much influence on it. You know well, what? Met, Metro
2: 2033 is hard enough without hard mode.
0: Right. Well, I mean, me, I don't, I don't play games on fucking extreme mode, games? insane mode. <laughs> Games are for losers and nerds. You guys should stop listening to this podcast. Anyway, um, well, wait. What?
2: Games are lo- for <laughs> nerds? And, are losers and, for and nerds? fake
0: people. Fake people too. Well, yeah. yeah don't no,
2: that's my opinion. But I would never pay. For, I would never pay to get hard. It just, just no. <laughs> <When it happened. laughs>
0: well, no. Here's the here's the thing.
2: I, I went there, folks. With with these
0: games, they're the developers already already make them. It's not that you know something that they make post production of the game. It's made in development. It's on the fucking disc. As far right. as I'm, I don't even I didn't even hear about Deep Silver until today. But as far as I'm concerned, from a consumer standpoint, Deep Silver is about to be in some deep shit for doing all this stuff because I think Ooh. it's just ridiculous. For I mean, just look at. Alright, it's not like it's twenty dollar DLC. It's fucking five dollars. Five dollars. And that's the thing. The price is so small that it just just fucking rustles my jimmies just a little bit. Just a cunt hair. That it, like it just makes me just not want to ever buy a game by them. And I've never bought a game by them and I probably won't.
2: Your your cunt hairs must be pretty damn small up on the farm. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I
1: mean, here's the thing. It's that I guess when it comes down to it, this was not necessary. They didn't need that. Metro Last Light is going to sell like a motherfucker, and it's probably going to sell enough to make them a profit. They did not need to add this extra $5 on for hard mode for people. Their, their theory was probably, oh, there's a small enough amount of people that play hard mode that's not going to make a big deal. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? Everybody's pissed off, about it. You just pissed off the entire gaming community. By you, know, you know, that's like and a that's fucking gonna
0: hurt sales. That's, a, that's right. like a developer making a game, and fucking, oh, how can we get extra money? We'll make a fucking lemonade stand outside of our studios. This is what this is. This is basically <laughs> what this fucking is. They're selling the DLC well, at the lemonade stand, like, here,
3: five bucks, you get rid
4: of well, you, guys,
2: you guys know Deep Silver also picked up the rights to Saints Row 4, right? I mean, just saying. Oh, that I mean, means even sure? more extra content. Are you sure? No, no, its I'm looking at a game facts yeah. right now. They actually have the rights to Saints Row 4. Wow. So no, here's the
1: funny Shit
2: fuck wait who
1: is
3: square enix square enix isn't making saints row 4 yes no.
1: they are I swear to god they are
3: no it says
2: right here volition in deep silver
3: yeah scott's right it does say deep silver and here's yeah. the
2: funny thing here's the funny thing i don't know if you guys looked at the previews of saints row Four. the game looks nothing like the original saints Row at all
4: it looks like Saints now
0: World there's 3. more Saints Row
1: than 3. You can use like Saints... superpowers in it now, and he's
2: like, it looks more like prototype than it does Saints Row.
0: <laughs> you know, since we since we are on the topic of developers being all fucking weird, this was our this this is a great opportunity to segue because this is basically kind of like a one 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 two for one 2 for, uh kind of topic. <laughs> what do develop what kind of developers need to get their shit together? And this is this is a good example here. I haven't played a Saints Row game, to be honest with you. And if a developer is going to pick up a series, a pre-existing series, and then completely fucking 180 the way it is... Cough, Spyro. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. God dude, you, don't you, need you're going to gonna make me, me fucking
4: cry. I'm a Spyro. That's like, right now, okay, fuck
0: you. You, take a, you take a very successful game that has very successful <laughs> recipe, I don't know, recipe for success, and somebody else buys it and changes it, and then everything just <laughs> fucking right down the shitter. How... How can game companies be so goddamn ignorant to realize that there's, you know, game X, whatever, just insert whatever game here, has a winning title or a winning formula already? Well, then we just it, change it.
2: Well, it's just like Deep Silver acquiring the rights to Metro Last Light which they really do. I mean, you see it all the time. Like when GameStop acquired games, they're buying another customer base uh-huh. in hopes of absorbing it and making money. Um, I, 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 gu- I guarantee you that uh, that's exactly what they're doing. Oh,
3: yeah. I know when when they announced Sly 4 I was did I just lag out? No. Okay, sorry. I, some Somebody's mic got shut off. Um, when they announced Sly 4 I was kind of worried. I, I've never played it. I've, I've never played Sly before. I've only played the first game. But I, I know I was kind of worried because it's not being made by whoever made Sly uh, what was Sucker Punch. But I guess I, I still haven't played Sci-4, but from what I've heard it's like extremely similar to the originals. Which I mean more more developers should do.
2: Well probably when I, the think, best- when I
1: think of developers that need to get their shit together, the only one that instantly comes to mind, I mean obviously there's the really bad developers like Capcom and shit like that that just piss mm-hmm. people off constantly. But the only one that I can think of that was amazing back in the day, and it has completely fell off the cliff. Square Enix. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Square Enix has fucked so many franchises in the past five years. It's ridiculous. Yes. They've completely driven Kingdom Hearts into the dirt. They've completely blown up Final Fantasy into some kind of crazy bullshit. They've taken out, what, like two games now? Uh, Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen and Final Fantasy Fourteen. I mean, Square Enix has, thankfully... They just got a new president. He said he's going to reconstruct everything from the ground up. But he better,
0: dude. I got a, I got a lot of high hopes for that.
1: I, here's what I understand about Square <sighs> Enix is that <laughs> they could probably have the best-selling game of all time if they recreated Final Fantasy VII, which everybody in the fucking game community has been asking for for like seven
0: years. People think would, that, game,
2: that game
1: would sell out instantly if they remade that. I mean, it would be
0: ridiculous. I would go as far as to even say that the remake of Final Fantasy 7, Let's just say they do it in twenty seventeen, the twenty year anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. They even that would outsell the the initial game itself. If that would sell so high, it would, fucking Square Enix would be the savior of the game industry if they did that.
2: Well, right. I think they blew. I think they totally blew. It, honestly, this is my opinion, strictly my opinion. The whole thing for Square Enix really fell apart with Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Eleven. I had no interest in an MMO, and then they have the arrogance to try it again with Final Fantasy 14. I still don't care. You know what, Final
1: Fantasy 14, we all knew it was a failure, and they tried to relaunch Like they're holding on to that little thread of hope with Final Fantasy 14. That is
0: such a joke, because, okay, everybody, even... Everybody that loves Final Fantasy 11, I am not a big fan of MMOs. The, the closest to I got to being involved in an MMO was fucking RuneScape. I got to level <laughs> 75 and I was like, "You know what? Fuck this." But even 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 people who are happy with Final Fantasy 11 back when it first came out would still play it today. And then Square tries to reintroduce or, you know, another MMO, Final Fantasy 14, when people are still enjoying Final Fantasy 11. And yeah. not only that, they completely blew that fucking game out of the water because one, they released it, wasn't it wasn't even ready. Now they're trying to re-release it again just to kind of put a band-aid all over that shit. It's Two a years joke. later. It's like, a joke.
1: Okay, so you know what? This is
0: the thing that pisses me off about Kingdom Hearts and Square
1: Enix is that Kingdom Hearts 1 came out and it was amazing. And Kingdom Hearts 2 came out and it was amazing. And then after Kingdom Hearts 2, what do they do? They drove that series and that franchise right into the dirt by releasing shitty phone games, um, half-assed mobile games. And, I mean, there were some good games in there, but they weren't what people needed. And now people don't even care about Kingdom Hearts 3 anymore. I mean, two years ago, people cared. And they were like, okay, where is this game? And now it's like, it, it's fallen off. Everybody I think they fine. missed
0: they missed the window for that because I remember being so fucking hyped up for Kingdom Hearts 2. I got that the day, the day that came out. And I, I remember Chain of Memories was okay when that came out. That was all right. I mean, it was a card game. Eh, whatever. It was enough to hold me over. But then I haven't even gotten into Birth by Sleep. I haven't even gotten into 358 over 2. I haven't even gotten into the, into the any other shitty spinoffs that they've done. Right. As, a, as a fan of the series, I just want to see Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, do I think that Square is going to announce that? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't. I don't think I, so I I'll,
4: I'll give it. I'll say next, next E3, not this year. That yeah. and, and a speckle of hope for Kingdom Hearts three. I don't think so so, no. I'll be honest. An announcement, an Because at the end of the the HD pack coming out this year, for, uh, which has one and two for the, the PS three, I, I there's they said there's some scene at the end of when you complete both games that'll make you any fan happy. Some some sparkle, some glimmer of hope for Kingdom Hearts three. uh So if that is true, that comes out in the fall. So that's after this year's E three. So that's why
3: I'm saying um, next year's E three maybe. Speaking of the spin-offs, I'll just be honest, I actually enjoyed um three five eight over two days, um and three D. I still haven't played Birth by Sleep, but I like them. By um, Sleep, I mean Sleep,
1: they're they're good games, but they're yeah, not Yeah, but yeah, they're not they're Kingdom not nearly as good as the original ones and um, they're, they're half assed.
3: Okay, but onto the, the actual Kingdom Hearts three thing though, I do think that Kingdom Hearts Three is gonna come out because I haven't beat three D yet, but I guess at mm. the end it pretty much
2: I, I sums think up so. where it's gonna start. I, I think Kingdom Hearts one point five HD remix is gonna be a barometer to tell whether or not Square Enix yeah. has has a a base to I, even remake even like project the series forward. Well so here's another thing. I, I know you guys are talking about Kingdom Hearts and all this and all that. Mm-hmm. But I mean there is hope for Square Enix's future. They have Dragon Dragon Quest ten, right, Austin? Yeah. A lot of people look forward to that. A uh, Sleeping Dogs was a great game. Tomb Raider was an awesome reboot. I mean there there is okay. good games.
1: Okay, but again, just like we said last podcast. Sleeping Dogs was a great game, did not meet sales expectations. Tomb Raider was a great game, met sales expectations made no profit at all. So wh- What are they doing wrong in here? Because other game developers have obviously been able to make profit off of games like this. Square Enix has not. And again, Square Enix needs to go back to their roots and make games that made them famous like Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, um, what else? You know, all these really good RPGs and stuff like that. That's their forte. That's their forte. That's while what they're we're, good
3: at. While we're talking about Final Fantasy, and it kind of goes along with Kingdom Hearts three, um, this is just my opinion. I think the game that Square is going to announce on the PS four this summer at E three is going to finally be Final Fantasy Versus
1: thirteen. That's what a okay. lot of people are saying. I think I think that there's a good chance that there's gonna be a Final Fantasy game as a launch on PS four. Probably. Does well, it, they've already they said it's a Final have, Fantasy
3: game. It's just what game is it?
1: They don't have any big draws. Final Fifteen called it. Versus, I don't fancy be versus thirteen. I think versus thirteen has been silently canceled, and because Square Enix's socks have been low pretty pretty lately, that they did not want to announce the game was canceled because there's so much hype for it. Um, I think that that team has moved on to Final Fantasy 15. And I mm. think versus thirteen is going to be a game forever left in limbo, kind of like Chrono Break was. Like my, my favorite game, Chrono Cross was supposed to have a sequel, Chrono Break, and Square Enix they were developing it, made the trademark, had all this cool stuff left it completely go, it never saw the light of day. So, so I think they,
4: Final Fantasy this- HD collection.
1: Right.
2: Whatever. Uh, speaking of getting, speaking of getting the crap together, Austin. Remember how we were talking with Coach this week about how Deus Ex: Human Revolution has magically disappeared off the face of yep. the earth, coming out for the Wii U, like totally disappeared. Like it was supposed to come out at the end of May, and it's been delisted from Amazon, delisted from GameStop, mm-hmm. not well, even was, showing on GameFAQ I was anymore.
3: really excited for it because you guys don't know it's it's Deus Ex: Human Revolution that released a couple of years ago on the Wii U with the PC t- textures and graphics, so it runs like the PC version. Um, and it has a It has all the DLC with some added stuff. All the boss fi- fights are like remixed and stuff. And I was super excited because I'd never played it. But yeah, like Scott said, it's like disappeared. <laughs> so completely. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I I've never played Deus Ex, so I mean it doesn't really affect me. But I still think it's shitty that they would just you know, it's gone instantly with no explanation, none of that shit. So.
1: Again, Square Enix has a habit of doing this, though. They just silently cancel things. They get rid of it because they don't want to make a big uproar about things being canceled, stuff like that. It's a smart business plan, but people are starting to catch on. Why would they
4: cancel it? Especially a game like this early. Like, say, okay, it's coming out at the end of this month and gone. And there was a lot of press where it was at PAX East. There was, like, all this talk about it. And i like, all this talk about it. And then just nothing. No more talk. You
0: know, I think that has to do with. Um, very bad executive decisions on, uh, of course on the executive end of Square um, for one what I think Square needs to do is go back to Square Soft or just Square they need to dump Enix um, two they're getting a new president So, ho- oh man I have so many high expectations for this motherfucker to come in and just 180 <laughs> everything around because if you look the 90s. And the 90s for Square is probably... The, they, they can never top that decade because look at all the games that they had. Within the 10-year span, every game that they were turning out was a fucking hit after hit. Yep. What What is stopping them from following that formula again? Jeff.
1: The thing that's stopping them is that they're trying to fit a mold because they're. they're I, I feel like their theory is, oh, the video game industry has evolved we should evolve with it and start creating these action games and stuff like that. That's and a
0: terrible idea.
1: That's a terrible idea because the RPGs are what made them famous. The RPGs are what made them who they are. They need to stick with that because they're the franchises that people care about that Square has. Sure, they, they publish Tomb Raider and stuff like that, and, and Tomb Raider people care about, but you know, people really, really care about the Final, fran- the, the final Fantasy franchise. The um, Kingdom Hearts franchise, Dragon Quest, they're the franchises that are gonna make Square money and make them big where they need to be. Hey, exactly.
2: If, if Atlas and NIS America can make money making RPGs, right. then there's no reason Square can't. It's just yeah. that simple.
0: Right. See, the thing with Atlas is, is they do a lot of good things for they do a lot of fan service, if you will. Because you pre-order right. games, you get a soundtrack, you get a fucking t-shirt, you get an art book, you get this, that, and that. It's a good reason for somebody to actually buy an RPG, and of course, Atlas has you know I don't, however many games a year, multiple games a year. So I, I don't. Who is the king of RPGs? It's definitely not Square. They definitely lost their title, which is quite a Bioware. I would say Bioware right now. No, I disagree. No,
2: Bioware.
0: Why? I think Bioware.
1: Bioware is probably the king of the Western RPG. Yeah. But as yeah. far as JRPGs Western. go, well, Western no, RPG.
3: I also disagree with that. Actually, thinking about that, I think Bethesda is king of the mm. RPG. Okay. Maybe. Excuse me, yes. Bug Festa, know. Bug Festa, who? Yeah, Bug Festa. <laughs> Chuck Testa. That's only on the PS3 version, don't worry. Chuck Testa. I
1: don't think that Bethesda has BioWare B as far as western RPGs go. I mean, Bethesda has their their two good RPG franchises, but I don't think that they have anything on what At- or I'm sorry, what BioWare has. Atlas by far, I think, is yeah. probably either Atlas or Level
2: 5. I think Namco I Bandai is going to take the cake this year. Yeah, they yeah, might.
0: They just might.
2: With, with Nino Kuni, Tales of Zelia, Tales of the Abyss 3DS last year, I mean, they've had some really high quality games. You know
0: games. what? High quality games. This is going to segue into our last topic here. Um, we've mentioned a lot of games. We've mentioned a lot of developers that need to get their shit together. But as far as. This generation, the seventh generation that we are closing in on, uh, you know, being the end of what games for everybody in this in this uh, podcast, what games have been timeless? Uh, I guess I'll start off with this one since uh, (laughs) it's my podcast. Fuck you guys. Um,
3: (laughs) Eric Arena podcast.
0: Yeah. What games have been timeless for me? Not 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 a lot. Um, Timeless games, I guess. Seventh generation, Super Mario Galaxy. That game fucking blew my expectations away. Nino Cooney was really close to being there for me. It just left me like... Uh, it, was, it was almost there. I, I, I know Scott will agree with me on this. It was like, it couldn't figure out like what it wanted to be, like it knew what it wanted to be, but it just wasn't quite there, um, I guess for another timeless game. <sighs> shit, I can't think of any. I really didn't play that many RPGs, but I would, I would like to say uh, one game that is very underappreciated would be Nier. I don't know if any of you guys have played that, but I, I believe that's a Square game.
1: I keep, No, maybe it is. I don't know. I keep hearing near in No need to get that. I can't find it. Near is there. different.
4: It's a fun game. It's very different.
0: It's different. different. But, I, I, and lastly, I mean, uh, um, Xenoblade Chronicles. I haven't played that, but there's so much hype around that game and the price is inflating so much. I, who knows? It could be the next Earthbound, for all we know. Right.
1: Which, Which I think is it be will Earthbound. be. It'll be coming, it's coming out the Wii U console. Yeah, it's coming <laughs> the Wii U console. Wonderful, because it's the first time that game's been released in forever, and people can actually experience it now, but whatever. In my opinion, I think Uncharted is going to be one of those games that is going to be timeless, that whole series in general, um, because I, I think with Uncharted, you, you really do see the evolution of the first game and the second game really perfecting that formula, in the third game um, even perfecting it even further. Um, but I, I think that graphically, we, we have seen a, a lot from Uncharted 3, and they've actually said that Uncharted 3 completely maxed out the PS3, um, but um, there's other games that I, I also think um, are, are going to be timeless. I think that years down the road, we're going to see start, a lot of these RPGs start popping up as you know really great games, like White Knight Chronicles, I think is going to be one of them. Um,
2: and then, what else? I, again i i don't
1: know no not Borderlands.
2: <laughs> i think i think people will remember a game like bayonetta yeah bayonetta. probably yeah
1: i'm like the only person here that doesn't like bayonetta i think assassin's creed's gonna completely fall off the map i think that series is dead
2: no yeah,
4: too well assassin's creed 2 won't the other ones will too will
1: yeah won't. um people are going to talk about assassin's creed 2 they're not going to talk about any of the other ones i think three, that,
0: three killed it
1: Three literally put a coffin on that franchise. <laughs> it did.
3: <laughs> I know a big one for me that's really memorable from this uh, your twelve-inch dick is uh, <laughs> Aliens Colonial Marines. Oh yeah,
4: dude, I I absolutely love *Lock, <laughs> Dead, Survival Instinct*.
3: Alan Wake. <laughs> Alan Wake. Well, you know what? You know what? I, I like Alan Wake. Yeah.
1: I think Mass Effect. I think Mass Effect's going to be a good one. Yeah, to look back on. I think Red yeah, Dead but,
3: Redemption.
2: But will Mass Effect three put the proverbial nail in the coffin? It like could Assassin's have. Movie? I mean,
1: I think that Mass Effect three was a good game up until the ending. But I mean, well, again, it's hard. To, it's hard to tell what what it's going to look like.
2: There, there should be. There should, there's no excuse why the ending of a game series where your choices made a massive difference throughout the game should mm-hmm. be thrown away. Well, I think by that either was, going one yeah. way or the other. Which think... light?
4: The red light, the green light or the blue light? You choose. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think that was EA pressuring BioWare cuz I think they needed <sighs> more time on that game. I really do. But um I think EA was like no fuck that, nigga. Uh,
4: well, <laughs> I I don't I don't see why that Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City or Resident Evil 6 won't be remembered. I mean, those are great quality games. Okay, right click remove so
3: from call. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well oh, um, come on, man. No, in, it, it, on? Uh, in, in all
1: honesty, in oh. our honesty, Jordan, I think you're actually being uh, kind of serious there because <laughs> I think that they'll be remembered for absolutely killing the Resident Evil franchise. I think that's going to be one of the big things to remember about this generation is Resident Evil dying.
0: Probably.
3: I, no, think that's I, gonna be- I think the game of the century is Modern Warfare 3. Without a doubt. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
1: But apparently Black Ops 2 has the best ending of any video game, you know, according to IGN.
0: So. No. All right, well, all right. Since since we're talking what about, about these...
4: rock revolution.
0: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> how about how about a game like Portal? No,
4: seriously, oh, like yeah. something different. I was going to like I got the NCAA <laughs> Football 08. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, what
1: about Mad 13? Cuz according to Chris, they added a whole new physics engine that completely remakes the game.
4: Dude, I heard they added 3D grass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that 2 years ago. Okay. Oh, I Let's heard that. Let them... Eric talk. Let's let Now,
0: can Eric... I now can I ask you guys since um the only games we really mention are commercial games like, you know, really nothing obscure. Is there any like smaller known games or lesser known games that kind of flew under the radar that um, might be like gems? Um, I mean, I, you know, think, I know I know can a, name a few two series for me
3: that I absolutely adored and that to this date are, are some of my favorite series of all time. And I know they're, they're somewhat big, but a lot of people haven't played them because they are handheld games and they're they're very different, uh, and those games are the Professor Layton and Ace Attorney games. Um, no. A lot of people really underestimate those games. They'll go into them thinking, you know, they're just some... It's just a, an attorney game or some puzzle game. But when you actually play those games, like, like um, Professor Layton, a lot of people don't realize those games are so much more than a puzzle game. They are some of the best stories in any game to this date. Um, the puzzles are really challenging. They're they're really interesting. It's 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 such you know
0: business. to be honest with you, I don't think a lot of people take handheld games seriously yeah. these days. I don't
1: think
2: so. Either. Um, actually, I think they do. If you're an RPG gamer, because it's well, the who yeah, place 2 get good RPGs anymore. Is, mm-hmm. is from the I know. think
1: I think exactly. only RPG gamers do. I think everyone else though kind of throws them under the bus. Um. Um, there's a lot of really good handheld games this generation that I think think sold nearly as well as they should have. Well, if
2: Nintendo ever pumps up that Wii U DS player for the home <laughs> console system, dude, those games will... See, what I think they're afraid of is it'll just put the market for the Wii U out, totally. Yeah.
3: I, I think a big one that a lot of people forget about that was on the DS that was very popular, uh, I think it was actually made by Square, thinking about it, was The World Ends With You. Yes. Um, that game was. is freaking amazing. Mm,
2: and
0: yeah.
3: It, it went very... It, it was it was known, but not too many people played it played it once again because it was. I, known. I
2: think I think a few candidates in my book. I always seem to think about like if I look at the PS2 generation, whatever, or the Sega Saturn generation, mm-hmm. it's mostly RPGs that end up being timeless that are looked under the radar a little bit. Yeah. So a few games I could think of off the top of my head are like Hyperdimension Neptunia, uh, Artanelico Koga. I, I could think of a few others like um, the atelier games, Verona, uh, Maruru. Um, Ayasha, which just came out. A few other games. Resonance of Fate is an absolutely fantastic game that I don't think a lot of people would ever touch, but maybe over the course of time can get some recognition. Uh, I Alpha, think... Um, Alpha uh, Protocol, under, just kidding. Under <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> kind <laughs> of under that list, I Ouch. think that once the next generation starts and it starts disappearing off of consoles, that and the Forsaken Kingdom, is going to be one of those games that kind of shoots up in price. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna—it's gonna be hard to get, and it might be end up being one of those, you know, really hard. To
2: it's gonna fall the ICO kind of, right, you know, Yeah. To be honest with you guys,
0: it just seems like Scott. Scott made a really good point. It seems like RPGs are usually only classified as timeless. It seems that RPGs. You know, yeah, you get the misprints, you get all the other this, that, and whatever's. But it seems that RPGs are usually classified as the timeless games, and you know, generally go up in price because you got the Xenoblade, you got Pandora's Tower, you got um, the other game that's in that series. I, which name escapes me? Last but story. I think. Last,
2: well, last story, I, yeah.
1: I, I think both because the Last Story and Pandora's Tower really haven't had time to inflate. But I think, give another year or two, we're going to be looking just like Xenoblade, maybe even higher.
0: Um, for Maybe. Those- mm-hmm. I I wouldn't say quite as high as Xenoblade, but still, you know, it's going to follow the same trend.
2: Let let me ask you this, Jordan and Eric. Jordan, you might understand this a little bit more, but look at the perspective when you compare it to movies. For instance, this week I sat down and watched Seven Samurai, which is a 1954 movie, but I loved it because the story was great. RPGs stay timeless because the stories can pull you in and they stay great. Nothing takes anything away from a great story. 100%
4: 100% true. That is the realest thing that you've ever said in your entire life. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm <laughs> well, a fake friend,
1: so, you yeah. know. I think you completely hit the nail on the head because when I played Xenogears Gears last year, it completely changed the way I look at almost everything in life. Um, that story was completely incredible, and I think it's the best story I've ever experienced in any video game ever. Um, so I think when I look at Xeno Gears, I see a game that um, didn't sell enough because it was overshadowed by other games. But when I look at a game like Final Fantasy VII, which also had a really good story, or like Chrono Cross, it sold really well. I, I see games that deserve to sell really well. I mean, I, th- I think no matter what, if a game has a good plot, it's going to end up being timeless for one reason or another.
2: Well, here's another perspective I mean, I'd like to spin on this really quick. Um, wow. Most of these games we're mentioning are JRPGs, and JRPGs have traditionally stayed to like the same kind of turn-based combat. So everything kind of stayed on a plane for, for like a decade now, right? <laughs> Right. Now, when you look at other games that aren't timeless, look at action games, look at first person shooter games, those game mechanics are constantly evolving. So when the new games come out, they kind of discredit and make the older games not even seem as good.
0: They get washed out, and you know They get washed out. It seems like, you know, you're right. I think you know, I have to once again go back to Scott. It seems that as if like the only thing that really makes a game timeless <laughs> is the story. And now I haven't really played a lot of Xenogears, but um from what i have played it seems like it's really goddamn good game i mean it just Here, seems here's like the story is Ar- good xeno
1: gears, Zeno gears I, I will tell you has an amazing amazing story and you don't realize it until you're about halfway through the game and you realize that all the stuff you've been doing completely just rearranged my entire thoughts on how the human race may have existed and things like that. It's it's incredible the way they put that
2: story just, together. I mean, it's too bad. It's too bad. Never, two is kind of in a toilet. Button. I'm never yeah. gonna
4: forget great stories like NBA Two K Twelve. No, <laughs> but for real, for real though, like Titans games T-Mode. like 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 Max Payne Three to me, the story in that and the immersion I felt for Max, even though it was a little different from the other Max Payne games, I thoroughly enjoyed it and i absolutely love that game or games like mirror's edge mirror's edge is fantastic it's my favorite first person game not first person shooter but first person um in the sense of you're free running there is weapons in the game but you don't have to use them and it's better if you don't pick up a gun at all and will they make a sequel hopefully uh, like, I, I hope they do. But if they don't, it's going to go down as one of my favorite games ever made. Mirror's Edge is one of the games I've played over like five to ten times, enjoying right. it every single time.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I mean, isn't it kind of funny how when these games come out, everybody always says, this is trendy, this is gimmicky. But give it four or five years, and all of a sudden, everybody remembers the games by their gimmicks? It's,
1: it's yeah. kind of weird. I think people said that about Dante's Inferno. And I love I think, that game.
2: I, yeah, I, I think one of my Dante's Inferno.
1: I think Dante's Inferno was an amazing game, not because of how it borrowed from God of War and other games like that, Heavenly Sword, things like that, but because of the fact that it took you through all these really cool stages of hell and this plot that followed the poem perfectly. And for now, people who read the for people who read the poem in eleventh grade, like I did, it was great really cool.
4: book. Yeah, great it was book. really
1: cool. Now, I don't understand where
4: lives. where are the other two games? Dante's right, yeah, Inferno is a three part. Come. It's a three yeah. part epic where yeah, it was I part two and three it ends the end of the game ends for the second game i think
3: another game that you guys haven't mentioned i'm kind of surprised i mean i know it's a, a bigger game and it kind of goes along with portal but
0: team Half fortress Life? two no. team fortress oh dude people love that game yeah, yeah there's that Star game Cat. is widely popular yeah,
2: nobody mentions
1: so i think i think that when we look at timeless games we have to Always have to include the Pokemon franchise yep. oh, because yes. they have included the same exact design in every single one of their games for what and the it past works. two decades. It works. People love the shit out of those games and they don't do literally anything to
4: change it. And well, they make it they so just recently much- added a story. Two, okay, right one and, and i will say two, that
1: i mean th- this whole pl- this whole sentence got kind of turned on its head because obviously in the newest game they're completely rearranging all their mechanics and whatever but you know in the past whatever before then they've made their game timeless by literally updating the graphics not changing anything sticking to their basic gameplay mechanics and understanding what works for them and, and using you know what advantage.
0: a lot of developers could really you know take a look at what nintendo and game freak is doing with pokemon because it, Everybody everybody loves that game. It's the same formula every game. Obviously, you, you know you have different graphics, but the gameplay mechanics are exactly the same, and that's the w- number one winning formula why that game works and you know, is I, still successful.
2: I guess it's as sick as it makes me feel inside, and believe me, it makes me really sick. Uh, same thing with Call of Duty. I mean, it doesn't change. The people who love it love it, and they play it hardcore. I mean... <laughs>
4: About games like El Shaddai. I absolutely love that game because oh it takes El you through Shaddai, like 80, 50, like, hey. like 80 different stages that are completely different. Like one's a Tron level, one's a side scroller, <laughs> one is a completely SpongeBob type level, Scribble Knots level. It's, it's ridiculous. And I know. the story is incredible.
3: I, I love that yeah, game. Speaking
2: of Scribble Knots, like, I love Nair. Yeah, Nair was a great game too. Scribble Knots is like
3: like a big one for me.
1: El Shaddai, as far as Jordan has, I watched Jordan's review on it whenever a long time ago. And I decided to pick up El Shaddai because of that. And El Shaddai for me was an amazing experience. It was a really artsy type game. And yeah. you don't realize it. That, that game takes place over like millions of years. It takes place like forever. And you don't realize that as it's going on. But I think with, with El Shaddai, it it could have been so much better too. I mean, it, there, there, was, yeah, so, the there combat,
4: was so much the combat.
1: Right. The, um, the combat and it could have been how so How long much
4: it took better. to kill one enemy.
1: Right, but I mean, when it comes down to it, the, the visuals in that game and the story, it was amazing, and El Shaddai is one of those games that I think will keep in my collection forever. Oh, I'm, yeah, surprised
2: definitely. No, I'm surprised will. nobody mentioned Dragon Age Origins, because I'm always going to remember that game. I mm-hmm. like Dragon
1: Age Origins. I, 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 don't, I love I don't that game. Timeless, but I love that game. I played yeah. like
2: seventy hours. It's a good game. To, to me, it's kind of timeless because I'll always remember playing through that game more than once because you get six different stories, which is something you'll never probably ever see ever again.
3: Um, right. the last game I'll mention is Heavy Rain because it is yes. oh, it's in a completely. Yeah, I, I, I just forget. played that game what a couple weeks ago for the first time, and it is so different than any other game out there. I mean, technically, you could say it's not a game. It's more of like a.
2: It's, a good a time time it's more movie. experience, I think. But that's what but
3: makes it special, I think, is that it is an experience. It no, is
2: I mean, it's not like Heavy Rain is truly original from Quantic Dream, because I believe they also did Indigo Prophecy, which yeah. is a yeah. game yeah. a lot oh. of people say is absolutely oh fantastic of a game. Oh,
1: God. Before, we're t- before we end up talking about timeless games, you have to include Journey on that list because, yes, yes, yes. Anyone's yes. played Journey, but Journey, again, just like Heavy Rain, isn't much of a game, but it's an experience, and it's probably one of the best gameplay experiences. You know,
0: I have month. to say the same thing for Flower, and that's by the same company, that game company. Flower, yet. Flower is really pretty much, well, Journey borrowed everything pretty much from Flower. I mean, it's not really exactly the same thing, but you can tell that game company, which is actually their name, has their own distinct style, and they could keep probably turning out these little experiences, not games. And that's why I liked Heavy Rain, because, yeah, obviously, technically, when you look at it, it's a video game, but it's an experience. It's it's really different. Everything is pretty much based off of QuickTime events. It's pretty much press X not to die, but it's done <laughs> in a really tasteful manner that you kind of forget that you're actually playing a game. And,
2: and you'll remember the characters and the, the story. The, in the
0: thing years with Journey
1: is Journey uses a classic plot and Journey plays this plot really well and it doesn't say a fucking word the entire time. It, uses, yep. it has a great plot to it. Zero and, dialogue. Yep, it's awesome too. I, I don't understand how it becomes so good, but it did. It was perfect. I can't think of a better experience during gameplay than playing Journey. Last, if you haven't well, played Journey, then fucking play it, douchebags.
4: Well, so. the last thing I'll mention last game, um, technically you can say these two are both by Rockstar, so I'm gonna put it into one and that's Red Dead Redemption and LA Noir. Um Red Dead Redemption I've never put so much time into a game besides Borderlands. I, like I've actually captured almost everything from that game that you can possibly do. And LA Noir is a game that I want to go back and do absolutely everything. Because to me that game was groundbreaking with the facial animations, with LA the detail. Was
1: such a powerful game. Like when you talk about powerful games, LA Noir symbolizes a power in a game. I mean that game had so much power to it
0: very well done game yep so um we seem to have covered all bases on the timeless that's every game that counts (laughs) Uh, yeah pretty much we could we could we could go on for hours and hours talking about timeless games but when it all comes down to it uh, it matters to what the viewer and the listener thinks is timeless because obviously we have our own opinions that we can spew for about an hour and a half. But uh, you know, think to yourself, what game is timeless in your collection? And so, if there's uh, a game
4: that's not on your list, all of the games that we didn't mention, then go fuck themselves because they are not timeless.
0: That's right, and that's why uh, that's why you guys should uh, once again, to reiterate, email us your questions, post a comment on YouTube or Facebook, our uh, Gaming Arena Central podcast Facebook, or email them to Gaming Arena Central zero at gmail.com. So uh, I guess to wrap things up again, this Fucking has been Dance Central 2. Dance Central 2. Uh, this uh, this oh, is the, the Fake Friends
2: podcast. podcast. This is the Fake
0: Friends Podcast. Um, yeah. So They don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> hashtag YOLO swag motherfuckers and uh, hashtag <laughs> thanks for listening. Spam and, Twitter. And uh, yeah, spam Twitter with our, uh, with our podcast. And
4: I p- promise that if we get 100 likes on this podcast episode... Seth will do a video naked.
0: He's going to be dancing. He's going to be dancing. Uh,
4: single. 100 ladies. likes. Yeah. It's up to you. Do you want to see <laughs> Seth, mean, Seth I... naked doing single ladies? You that, know you do. sounds awesome. Because you know I,
2: see I will. Because naked
4: doing single ladies. Ooh.
2: I will and deliver on, too. And, and on behalf of Seth Austin... Myself and Jordan. Let me uh thank you, Eric, for letting us be your guests this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank
0: so nice. you. I'm so glad we could be Eric on the Eric pod. Arena this podcast. Yeah. This is, uh, a Eric great
4: podcast. I like listening to it.
0: This is Eric and the Face Friends podcast. So uh yeah, whatever. Thanks <laughs> for listening, yeah, guys. Fucking everybody, you know, we thank you for listening and uh, I guess we'll see you again next week. So well, see ya.
3: Yeah, <laughs>